Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Sunday night, hey. Nor'easter Sportscast. We're here, it's football season, and uh, could not be more excited to be uh, with the big cinnamon, Keith Seffer. Morning, Seth. Hey, good morning. How's it going? It's going, man. It's going. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it is. It's been uh, <laughs> a long week of football, right? Like, uh, a lot of good stuff going on, and uh, couldn't be more excited to get this season on the road, man, honestly. It's... Uh, I love other other sports. I love college basketball. I love uh, digging in, but there's absolutely nothing like football. And uh, to see, you know, I watch, uh, which I want to talk about this too at some point, mm-hmm. is how unwatchable, how unwatchable some of these things have become. I understand that there's like a lot of content out there. Like there is, right? Like you, you could go to Barstool, you go to go to, and even our we're pro, we're providing content, right? And but outside of that, man, like there's just so many places to go, and it's not a male versus female thing for me. It's just about, and I know I'm coming in hot at you, but it, it's seriously like I put on NFL Network in the morning, and it's unbearable. That show is unbearable, and I want. Um, I want content, right? I want to know what's going on. I want to see what's happening in camps. I want to see who's winning these battles. I want to see this stuff. But the stuff that they do, I mean, they've turned it into Good Morning America. And, you know, they put hosts like that. Like, I don't know, is it supposed to appeal to the masses? I mean, Nate Burleson, first thing in the morning? Like, I, I don't know, man. It's just some of these shows and some of this content that, they, that, that is out there uh, is just unbearable. It's truly unbearable. Do you agree? Do you even watch that show? Uh, or, or no. I, I actually, I turned it on for five minutes uh, yesterday or last week, and it was just like I had to turn it off. I, I don't know where to go, Kyle. I really don't know where to go. I mean, I, I honestly, I have to go on, like, Pro Football Talk uh, on NBC Sports Network. That's really, like, I'm not a huge fan uh, of it, but it's, I think it's the best of the worst out there. I, I, but I completely agree with you. You know, the talking heads, the you can't watch ESPN anymore. You, 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 the NFL Network sucks. You know, it's just, where did all the good people go? Well, where it's funny. It, 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 it's really funny that, that, you know, we, 
work in an industry outside of obvious, you know, our, our radio. Uh, we, we work in an industry where, for me, I'm 38 years old. I'm usually the oldest guy in whatever room I'm in most of the time, right? So uh, unless executives are around, I'm, I'm kind of the, the senior guy, maybe not the most senior guy, but, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on the higher end, right? And, and I observe a lot of things. When you get older, I think you look at things a little bit differently. And so I was thinking about it this morning. I, I woke up, uh, I, you know, I have the studio to myself, so to speak, and, you know, I'm looking at things, and I'm like, God, man, we, we absorb content entirely differently, I think. You guys do. Younger people do. People in their 20s and even younger uh, look for, for content completely different. I didn't catch the end of the Patriots game last night, didn't know what happened. My instincts drove me to, to go to ESPN.com. I, and, you know, I don't have a sports site that I generally use. I use, like, my feeds, right, my news feeds mm-hmm. on whatever comes up. I usually rely on the teams to provide my content for me too, right? So, you know, I have the Giants feed, I have the Mets feed, I have, you know, the, the, the Providence College Friars feed. Like, all those feeds come up, and something major happens there, obviously reporting on it. But I, my, so my go-to to check things is ESPN. I mean, let me ask you, what – what will lead into that, right? Because we're going to get into the media here, like in, in some of these conversations that we're talking about. So yeah. you wake up, you know, you're in Boston or the, the Boston area, but you're not a Boston fan. Um, mm-hmm. Say a game that interests you last night, or even better, let's say that you didn't watch the McGregor uh, fight, uh, McGregor, what's his face, Mayweather fight. Yeah. And you wake up the next morning, what are you typing in to, to get that, to get that info? You going to Barstool? Where are you going? Yeah, so it would be probably a little bit of Barstool. I probably will check Twitter out, too. Just, uh, you know, you can put, like, Mayweather into Twitter, and you usually get a lot of tweets, and you can get a lot of um, articles about what happened. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of if, – if I miss a fight, I'm probably laying in bed, kind of hungover Sunday morning. I'm probably rolling over to my phone and checking Twitter, going on the Barstool app, just seeing – you know, just getting some quick takes, and then, um, you know, I, I won't go on ESPN anymore. Uh, and honestly, I, I um, not to do a shameless plug in here, but Big Cinnamon Episode One talks about this issue a little bit. Uh, you can catch it here on the Norwegian Sportscast at Blog Talk Radio. Um, but yeah, I, it's uh, sorry, shameless plug in, but no, um, yeah, you're good. Love it. Love it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I'm honestly, I don't go on ESPN hardly any anymore. If the only thing, honestly, the only thing I really check ESPN now for is standings. Like if I just want like a quick, if I'm on my computer, I just need, I just want to kind of understand real quickly what teams are doing. Well, I probably go on the ESPN and, and get the standings, but I mean, I have the score mobile app on my phone that I get a lot of my material from as well. I think um, if you haven't tried it out, I would do that as well. But they have everything you need there, and uh, all right. So that's that. You know, that, that sort of answers the question, and and, yeah. and because I do find it interesting, right? You know, I find it interesting that you know I have a 16 year old who's going to be 17 actually this upcoming week, and I have a 14 year old that's going to be 15 like next month, yeah. and they. You know, I was talking about this this week, too. They actually, amazingly, 
they don't use the television. Like they don't, and they both have Apple TV. They have, they have all the, the, the gadgets that they could have. And they, their, their content, the way that they receive things is through the internet, right? Exclusively. Mm-hmm. And almost, you know, it's YouTube, right? Like I was looking on my credit card statement or whatever, my billing statement, and I see YouTube red, which I didn't even know what that was. I mean, that's <laughs> sad, dude. Like I, I yeah. work in technology, right? I, I, and I'm like, what is $20 a month for YouTube red or $10 a month, whatever it was. And my son's like, oh yeah, I needed it to whatever, watch something that he watches. And they don't, they don't absorb original content now, they are intrigued sometimes by the classic things, right? So, you know, if, if my wife and I are watching uh, Friends, right, they'll get because uh, you know my wife, that's her go-to on Netflix. Like if she's falling asleep or whatever, she'll throw Friends on. And so if if, if you if they can sit down, they'll engage in that, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll engage and and try to find that and whatever. Um, but then they'll go look for the clips and then they'll watch the 50 funniest clips from friends. And yeah. so, you know, uh, and, and Netflix is really eating everybody's lunch. Right. And that, and that's the truth in content and in everything, HBO will be HBO. And again, people are more streaming that and watching it and, and eliminating their cable provider. Um, so I understand why ESPN had to get rid of, you know, some of the talking heads that they got rid of because they need to change the way that they deliver content because the world mm-hmm. is so rapidly changing. It really is. And, and yeah. as we see Twitter broadcasting games and Yahoo hosting games and all of that, we're going to see more and more changes as we come. And I, I, it will be here. That's the good news is that the Nor'easter Sportscast will be here to, to decide whether or not this is a good thing or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember watching that first ever streamed game on on Yahoo, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Yeah. Camera angles were bad. Uh, it, it was getting choppy, and it was broadcast, I believe, from overseas, if I remember correctly. It was an England game, right? So yeah. uh, just, just, just the way to launch that was absolutely terrible. And so we'll be here. We'll be here to critique it. We'll be here to watch it. We'll be here to see uh, exactly, uh, you know, are they making these right decisions? And we want to hear from, from everybody too. And uh, the way that I, and, and let's use this opportunity to talk about our show and to say we broadcast live for the reasons of, uh, you know, because why not, right? We're not mm-hmm. editing anything. We're not bringing in new content. I mean, we're not bringing in editing in content throughout the course of the week. We're using this as a recap of the last week and then looking into the next week. But we want this show to be an interactive experience. We want you guys to be able to uh, message us during the week and talk about things. And, you know, we can go we can go live and record and broadcast at any time, at any point during the week. So, you know, if there's something – that you want to get off your chest, if you want to share a hot take, if you want to, whatever that is, you should, you guys should use our Twitter, our Facebook, the blog talk radio site, use the comments under the, and, and use that to drive what this show is and, and what it becomes. Because I think uh, we can be the voice of a lot of people and a great place to uh, vent your frustration and uh, never be judged and be, to be able to drop F-bombs and to be able to do whatever you want. Right. So yeah. this, I think this is, a great place. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I kind of took us off the rails there, but I no. I just, it was, it made me so insane watching that show the other day. I'm like, I can't, why is this? And listen, I don't, and again, I want to be really careful about how I, uh, because it's that, that girl is a whole bro. Like she is. 
and they, on that show and that mm-hmm. NFL. And it's not because she's a girl. I think that there are uh, amazing women broadcasters and sportscasters and, you know, but that girl and, and shame on the NFL network, you know, okay. So she, that, that it just looks like a clear, um, like a, 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 she's, she's clearly an attractive girl. Right. Mm-hmm. And they said to her, yeah, do you love NFL? Yeah, she loves NFL. She loves the NFL like any pink cat loves their team, right? Like, that girl is clearly not um, – you know, it's not like she, it, she, she interned at, you know, for the NFL. Where it, it, it wasn't. It was an, there was an open audition. She crammed as much football information into her head as she could, went and delivered some stupid uh, lines, and now they put her up there, and it's just she's a talking like – she's a hole in the television that just – that words come out of, right? That, that's, that's all. That's absolutely it. And, and it actually, it disparages, like, the Susie Culvers of the world and the Hannah Storms of the world. That, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're delivering uh, really good content. And I think uh, it gets into this whole, you know, it's part of what we're going to talk about with Zeke soon here is, uh, you know, doing those things sets everybody back, bro. It does. It really does. It makes uh, it makes it so much harder when you put a, a, a good-looking, brainless person up there because they think that's what men want. Because oh, ooh, look, boobs in football. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's not what. As we change our culture and as we change the way that we receive media, that shit is is gonna go away. It is. And yeah. the, the the NFL is clearly behind the times on just about everything, uh, and that is. Just that girl. I don't even know what her name is. The girl that sits next to Nate Burleson and does dumb shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm done with that show for for the rest of forever. Yeah. Uh, and and but so, if yeah, I could I, just apologize. yeah, yeah add just one quick thing on top of that. I mean, I think your your example of your sons kind of is is almost answers your own question. I think I think these media outlets are so confused of what they need to do to capture audience now. Because the, the the market is so segmented, people people are not consuming the products in a general fashion, right? Like yeah. for a while, you had to go to ESPN to to watch your sports highlights. You had because you didn't have any options. Now there's just so many options out there, and I think these networks are lacking creativity and are struggling, uh, and and really are confused. So they don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I, at the end of the day. I mean, I hate to say that these mega billion dollar corporations are confused and they don't know what the hell they're doing, but you don't put that product on the television screen if you if you have some idea of, of the direction of your program or the direction of what you want to do. I mean, I, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. And it's funny that uh, you can see some of the innovating, innovative companies are smart, right? So look at, uh, I think it's, it's either ABC or CBS has a new Star Trek coming out, right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's a relatively, um, that's a recognizable brand, right? So Star Trek, maybe not what it used to be, but certainly recognizable, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so they, what they did was they are airing one episode of uh, the new Star Trek that I believe it stars like one of the girls from the walking dead. Like uh, it, it looks like it, it won't be too bad. So that there, it, you get to watch one episode on the television and then the rest of that show is going to be streamed online only. 
So you have to have their streaming service to watch that, oh. which is an additional nine bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and I'm sure they will follow that up with some more original content. So, and I don't see that it, it that it's just a cash grab. The same thing with uh, NBC and the Inhumans or ABC, yeah. uh, with uh, they're airing the first episode in IMAX, <laughs> like oh, uh, wow. in, in an IMAX theater, right? And you know they want you to experience that in the full thing. And then again, they, they're going to. Uh, some broadcast, but a, a lot of the content is going to be digital only. So at least they're, they're, they're at, some of the companies are are coming along, but uh, but but far too late, right? And uh, but before they get there, they're going to lose most of their market share to young, innovative people. And so it's the industrial revolution in, in media right now, and I believe that. I do. I believe that new companies are going to uh, come out and they're going to, it's going to be an entirely different uh, uh, process, right? And, and we need these changes. We, we need to keep things uh, fresh and new and uh, because that, that, that's what makes the world go round. And that's yeah. what, you know, we, we see these, these bursts and these, these bubbles and they, and they break and then you, and a new one comes. So, so, so that's all um, intriguing and interesting. But then back to the NFL and back to the archaic ways of doing things and back to, you know, in and, and some things that we just can't get away from, it felt like, do you remember when, in baseball when, like, it felt like steroids was never going away? Like, yeah. like it consumed everything. And it was like you could not have a conversation without talking about uh, without, without talking about steroids and mm-hmm. the steroid era. And it, it, it any sports talk show across the country that's what they were talking about. And especially around that Bonds time when Bonds was breaking the record and Mark Echo buys the ball and puts the brand on the asterisk. And I don't even I don't know if you remember all that, but it was big. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it just consumed everything, and people started testing positive, and A Rod tests positive, and you know the the, the that um, the report came out uh, naming people, and it just it, it was obsessive, and now it feels like we cannot get away from this this race war, this race tension that is escalating, and not not only is it now taking over sports it's taken over everything else with, with everything that we've seen in Charlottesville and, you know, Hey, the city of Boston stepped up this weekend and uh, proved that they're not actually the racist that we thought they were, uh, which was awesome. And so that leads me into, into Kaepernick and, you know, we want to make sure, and this is my opinion, Seth. And I just feel like if it was Russell Wilson, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Like, like Colin Kaepernick isn't signed because Colin Kaepernick's not a good quarterback. And if you want to make it about something bigger and you want to use it as a platform, that's fine. The fact is Michael Vick wasn't that good of a quarterback, but he was good enough. He was good enough. And you know, this as a, as an Eagles fan, he Uh was good enough to put pads on. Right. Yeah. At the time, because of the quarterbacks that were available, he was better than anything else. Because trust mm-hmm. me, if there were if there were 32 or 64 better choices at quarterback or backup quarterback to be in there, if there was 64 more talented, this is a mega multi-billion-dollar business. If you think any of these owners give a flying shit about what these guys do and what they stand for. It's about the product and it's about the money. And yep. 
uh, if he was good, if he was really good, it would not matter. And you can talk about this. And it's funny, Michael Vick really put his foot in his mouth with, you need to get rid of the Afro and no one wants to like, what an asshole. But on top of it, like, it is, it, it's not about any of that. It's not, it's not, bro. It's not, it's just yeah. not. And yeah. you want to keep talking about it. And, and I believe that there's a race war coming, right? And maybe not a race war, but I mean, we do this every 30 years, right? We did it in the sixties in Watts where, you know, they essentially burned down Los Angeles or at least parts of South Central Los Angeles. Then they did it again with Rodney King in the 90s. We're due, right? Like we're due for a revolution where white people take shit too far and black people get pissed off and they rise up and do some shit. Now, every time it probably is going to get worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're headed that way. And this is not a good, I don't know, like they're kind of right on a lot of things and whatever. But this Kaepernick thing is not about the message. It's not about – it's about him not being a good enough quarterback. I'm talking from an NFL, strictly from a football perspective. We could talk about yeah. social implications all day. From an NFL standpoint, the owners don't give a fuck, I promise. I promise they don't. And, <laughs> and, and so I, I'm sure you, you probably touched on this too on your show, but uh, – Yeah. You, can, you, you can gave me a in. lot though. Yeah, you gave me a lot though. I don't, um, just – you know, shameless plug-in number two of the show, um, episode three of Big Sentiment's Hump Day discussion is talking about uh, the culture of sports media now, and we'll be touching a little bit on personal thoughts of Kaepernick as well. But so, yeah, so the, let me start with where I disagree with you. Um, I, I do think I do think Kaepernick is good enough to be on a football team. If you take all the kneeling and bullshit aside, do I think Kaepernick – is good enough to be on a football team. Yes. Is he starting or not? That, that is a, I, that's a completely different question. Like if he's on the Jags, maybe he has a shot of competing for the starting job because they're fucking awful. But I, I, I think Kaepernick, he's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's good enough to be on a team. But when you, I, when you touched on about, you know, these these NFL owners are businessmen and it's a billion dollar decision. This at the end of the day, this is a money decision through and through. Look at, you know, the, the reward of, of bringing on Kaepernick and, and pissing off any percent of your fan base or, or causing controversy around or just unwanted attention to your organization is something that NFL owners has always shied away from the, the uh, the same thing happened with Tebow. Now, Tebow was, I think, even a worse quarterback, but there was such media hype around him that no, no NFL team wanted to touch to him. And it was, it was just stupid-ass hype about like, him being religious and people getting on his bandwagon for no reason whatsoever. But people loved Tebow, and he just brought unwanted attention to these organizations. Now, when I feel like politically and culturally we're almost in this outrage culture you know these owners don't want attention brought to their organization regardless let alone this issue or or kind of this type of outrage or this um this kind of culture where there's are two extremes on both ends that are get very moved by the subject i think once kaepernick dropped down to a knee he made he made a business decision that he's going to bring politics to it. So 
now when he is looking for a job, he, you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. You can't drop down and be politicals and use the NFL as a platform for social change, and then not have that be judged on you when you're looking for a new job. Is that fair to say, Kyle? Like it is. Yeah, no, no, no. You, that's, listen, you can't uh, uh, cry discrimination. You can't cry. You have to be, listen, we've all made decisions, and, and myself even recently, right, uh, mm-hmm. made decisions that um, I needed to uh, uh, own the decision that I made. And there, there's no and, – and, and you know that I did in, in my last decision that I made. And, I, and, you know, I had to stand tall and stand behind that decision that I made, whether it was the right one or the wrong one, I guess remains to be seen. I still feel like it was the right one, but and, – and I'm sure so does Kaepernick. I'm sure he feels like it's the right one. Um, mm-hmm. He's that kind of guy. I don't think that it's uh, necessarily about the football. But here, but uh, I, I mean, I I hear what you're saying, and I respect it, and I respect you. But he, here's what I, I mean. Sometimes, if you're an NFL owner, if what you're saying is true, uh, that he is good enough to play in the NFL, you've got to see the forest through the trees. You already knew if you're an NFL owner, Kaepernick was not the only one that was taken in May. You know that you've got a petition that is swirling around the, the country of people who uh, are going to boycott your product if Kaepernick doesn't get signed. And now you've got guys like Michael Bennett and you've got other players who were not only kneeling last year, but are are kneeling this year. uh, And you know that it's going to be a rising thing. I mean, most of your league is black. Uh, Most of your, and most of the league has, has had negative uh, implications and negative exchanges with the police in their community and rightfully, you know, and that's not a, uh, a fabrication. Um, the police in the community and the black community have had problems for years. And so how can you, if he's, and this is where I completely, where, 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 where the rubber's not reading the road between you and I is if Tom Brady did something dumb, okay, which he's done a lot of dumb shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, including just telling somebody it was none of their business when they were asking about his concussion, by the way. It, the, it's the, the severity of, what, of the dumb shit that you do versus the talent that you bring on the field. You know, Michael Bennett, uh, Martellus's brother, it clearly was never he, – he says he hasn't uh, stood for the national anthem in forever. Um, why has it, is it because he's not as exposable a player? I mean, I, I uh, this is going to be a thing and, and people knew with or without Kaepernick, it was going to be a thing. So it's just where I disagree with you. Uh, it's going to be a thing on every team, maybe not the Patriots, maybe not the Cowboys, maybe not the Giants, but you know, th- those hardcore teams that are like, we're not doing this with you. Uh, we're just, you just can't do it. You won't play for this team. If you do it, there are teams that have come out and done that. But the point is, if he was a pro bowl quarterback, if he was a pro bowler, this wouldn't be happening. Just wouldn't be, it wouldn't matter. They would have brought him on. Any mm-hmm. team would have brought him on. It's just the way that I feel. Um, he's, He's just not – I'm not saying that he can't play. He's probably better than Mike Glennon, right? He probably is. Yeah. I would say he is. But – and there's – you know, he's probably better than Cutler too, right? He's he's yeah. listened. And this is a guy that, that's only, what, two or three years removed from a Super Bowl. But you could say the same thing about Mark Sanchez, right? I mean, Mark Sanchez went to two, how many AFC championship games? What, two? And doesn't, doesn't make him a bad – doesn't make him a good quarterback because he was there. Same thing goes for Kaepernick in San Francisco. But yeah. um, 
and they lost that game in a terrible fashion. It was a terrible game, but no. um, okay. So I, I'll give you something. I think a little bit of it too is that these teams will have to completely redo their offense to bring in Kaepernick. Like I, I'll give you that. That I mean that I think that's a fair. Like. For for instance, the Dolphins, Adam Gase was going to bring him in. He has a relationship with Cutler before, and if you bring Kaepernick into any one of your 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 teams or your offenses, you're going to have to completely redo redo the playbook. And now we're we're in the third week, second week of preseason. I just don't see any NFL team doing that. So I'll give you that, but. I think it's also fair to say there's a lot of shit. I, I think there's a multiple reasons why he's not in the league. It's just not one or the other. I, I think there's a whole shit whirlwind of reasons, almost like the perfect storm that, that, you know, Kaepernick, Kaepernick only has 32 options. He, you know, if, if we're trying to find a job, we have multiple hundreds and thousands of companies and organizations around us that we could pick and choose from. Kaepernick only has 32. Right, and you can eliminate almost seventy-five percent right off the bat for with their current current QB situation and whatnot. So it's not like Kaepernick's skills and needs, you know, fit a lot of organization and companies out there. There, I mean, he was starting with a very small small amount of options to begin with, and I think there are a lot of things that. You know, a lot of things that go into the total package that people. But let me are. ask. But let me let, let me ask you. So, uh-huh. yeah, so let's let's talk about a team like Jacksonville. Let's talk about a team like the Raiders. Let's talk about a team mm-hmm. like even uh, even the Browns to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. If, if so, say we're in week five, Derek Carr goes down again. Yeah. And whoever that ends up being their backup <laughs> goes down, and Colin Kaepernick is just sitting there, right? And your mm-hmm. team is, you know, it's week five, and your team is one and four, or two and three, right? And you're telling me that if you lose two quarterbacks, and now you've cut the rest of the, you know, you've cut the dead weight out, you know, guys that are not quarterbacks that were rook, undrafted rookies or wily veterans, they're gone, right? So, mm-hmm. and you really don't want, to, you don't want to bring them in. So, and now the the, the, the Colin Kaepernick thing has died down a little bit. Are you telling me that one of those teams, that one of those owners and one of those general managers doesn't make the decision, okay, I have to put a product out on the field, right? And I'm starting to lose my base. You know, I'm one and four. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing in Cabernet, it might piss off uh, a few people, but it makes the product on the field better. Uh, and, you know, maybe those 20,000 people that uh, are boycotting, maybe they show up, maybe they become Browns fans now. You don't see that as a as a real possibility. How dug in is this owner base? If if you're saying what you're saying is true, and I understand you're saying it's a cornucopia of problems, it's a bunch of different things, and that might be the case. But how long is it? How long do they stick to their guns on the this is a distraction more than it's a help? You know, is, this, is that what it's going to take? Is it going to take one in four in an injured quarterback? Because and that's what I contest is true. I contest yeah. that a team that goes. 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5, 1 and 5, 1 and 6. And the, the deeper we go, uh, if he's a, a viable option, and this isn't a media story that's front and center every day, somebody signs him if, if he gives their team 
a chance to compete in their next game and make it not so bad. And, and you know, what's the line? Do they dig in on this? Is he done like Ray Rice has done, like Josh Brown has done? Is he done? No. I don't – no. I mean, I don't think he's done. I, I Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play at all this year and somebody signed him next year or something like that. I, 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 I think – I think, you know – I think the one and four, the one and five scenario is probably the most likely to get Kaepernick on a team this year. I think that's fair because at the end of the day, it's still a business decision. So like, you know, you have, you know, you kind of have your, your, your graph chart here and, and when it makes dollar and cent signs or when the, the reward outweighs the risk, then, then I think Kaepernick gets on the team. But right now I, I think the risk and, the BS and all, all the stuff that that surrounds it, um, the 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 risks outweigh the rewards right now, or the risks out outweigh taking a chance on this guy, and, and for that reason, he's off the team. But like, if okay. a team's one and six and one and seven, then I, I I think I think it flips where like you have a lot more to gain from bringing on Kaepernick than you do have to lose. Right. Is so that fair? Teams need. Yeah, it is, and, and and some teams need a spike in the arm, and and so, you know in the middle of that season, and you know Buffalo is a team like that, right? Like Buffalo is a team that I could absolutely see doing exactly what we just talked about, right? They don't have yeah. like a real defined solid core. There are teams that just never have a a a, 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 a quarterback that's defined. You know, clearly you know that Tom yeah. Brady. And, 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 and Eli Manning and even Wentz and Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. And, you know, those guys, you know, year in and year out until they retire, they're going to be on their team, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but there are other teams that just cannot. Cleveland's one of them. Buffalo's one of them. I mean, Jacksonville, I guess, has Bortles. But when do they give up on that project? You know, he's not that guy. <laughs> um, that's why I bring up that team so much is – you know, they loved him and, and maybe under the right set of circumstances, he could be a decent quarterback, but um, you know, Cincinnati with Dalton, Dalton's never going anywhere. He's made it to enough playoff appearances that he's safe. Um, But, but before we wrap this topic up, I want, you know, something that comes to mind with me, right. Is Mm -hmm. now like it or not, Kaepernick has become the face of this and he's not the face of specifically Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matters, or any of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not definitively, anyway. Uh, but what, what could Kaepernick do? Right? So now he's looking at it, and maybe money isn't important to him like he talks about. Maybe uh, it, it more is about the message than it is about the money. But what, what does he do in, in the next year, right, with the police, with, you know, so he doesn't get signed, and we just assume that he's not going to sign for a team in 2017-18, mm-hmm. uh, and then he comes back. He comes back for 18-19. What can he do in the next 18 months? You know, is it get with the National Police Association and go in front of Congress with a police chief or a police and enact community? What is enough change for Colin Kaepernick? And maybe that's a question for him. And I don't know if anybody's even asked him about it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what is the, 
you know, what's the end? And not that there's ever an end game, because I understand this problem. I really do. I understand the community policing problem. I understand that, um, you know, we keep mass incarcerating. The war on drugs doesn't work. We mass incarcerate black people uh, for selling drugs. Then we put them back out there with a felony on their record and they can't get a job and they have to provide for their family. So they sell drugs again and they get arrested again. And the police are brutal and, uh, it's it's just this really crazy, horrible, vicious cycle that happens, and most of the time it's happening. It doesn't happen in Smithfield, Rhode Island, I promise you that, uh, but it's <laughs> happening uh, in, in these inner cities, right? So uh, it's a real true problem, and there is no end game. It's a very big problem that can't be solved in a year, but what positive progress for that guy could he make, and what would make him satisfied enough to say, is he too far now? Is it too, has it gone too far that he could never not take that knee? I guess is the ultimate question. Ooh, I I don't know because w- when you're saying all that stuff, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is you know the, the free safety for the Eagles. Now he's a real uh, he's a really good player, but he's still doing this protest stuff. Um, but he he is he's actively in the community, walk, working with, uh, working with, you know cops and legislation and everything under that umbrella to improve this problem. So I feel like, um, uh, I feel like, you know, Jenkins is using the platform to, to make awareness, but he's not just raising his fist up in the air or taking a knee. He's actually providing some action to trying to resolve these problems. So, you know, what, what fascinates me here is, um, that Kaepernick has been so silent a little bit. And I don't know if, if that's just, um, um, right. I don't no, know. Yeah. I don't know if that's just his camp saying, just you got to shut the hell up here or you can't any, add any more fuel to the fire or I, I don't know why. And I don't want to speak for Kaepernick why, but it's just, he's, he's been so silent and I don't necessarily see him being active in, in trying to better the situation. So at the at the end of the, you know at the end of the day I don't um I don't I, I really don't I don't have a good answer for that I I I would hope to say there's always a chance for him to get back but I and, and until he starts talking or, or be, becomes active or or trying to be a pro or a solution to to this whole complex situation of Black Lives Matter and everything that's under that umbrella. I, uh, I I don't see him coming back. So uh, the call-in number, if anybody wants to talk about this. Yo, Terenzi, that you? 8536 And, uh, you know, that the – uh, the crux or the the hook of this show is that uh, you know we're representing three cities here and uh, uh, three uh, heavily debated and and, uh, and heated sports fans uh, in, from from Boston uh, where we are we, we're located now uh, New York where I am from and uh, the greater Philly area where Keith is from uh, and, and so Boston will be represented today by one uh, Alexander the, the Patriot Terenzi who's joining us now. Um, we're we're certainly happy to have him. Uh, is is he with us? I think so. Terenzi, can you hear us? Are you in? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, yeah. fellas. How's the Sunday? Yeah. How's the Sunday? Not, not bad, Alex. Good, uh, how was sleeping in today? It was it was good. I needed a little bit of rest. Long night last night. You know, 
Pats game was on. I was getting feisty. Things were getting thrown around. But I'm good. I'm back. I, so I said. So I said to myself, because I did see just that that one touchdown. I said, "Ah, oh, shit." That's all he needed was one touchdown, and Terenzi right now is on fire. Like he, if if, if Tom Brady throws a touchdown in preseason, everybody watch the hell out because Terenzi is talking about it for a straight week. He's talking about how crisp the delivery looked. How, uh, it, it, so how many times have you watched that touchdown in the last eight hours, Terenzi? Uh, probably like three or four times. It was on Sports <laughs> Center this morning. All right. But it was a good – he was wide open. Rexy was wide open. You know, blowing coverage right down the seam, you know, walked into the end zone. It was it, it was uh, an impressive Tom Brady touchdown, I'll give it to you. So, uh, and, and, and you're right, blown coverage. Uh, but they capitalize on things like that, don't they? So uh, what you missed while you were sleeping in, I figured you were at a fancy brunch, maybe top of the hub, something like that. I figured yeah, he'll, get, he'll get to us. But what, what we were talking about is uh, we, we've talked about Kaepernick kind of ad nauseum, and I don't know if you have anything that you want to add to that subject right now before we uh, – before we move along to Zeke, but uh, quickly, I don't know, maybe a 30-second Alexander Terenzi take on the Kaepernick situation. Go. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick, I heard a little bit of what Keith said at the end, but I I think Colin Kaepernick is quiet based off of the fact that he's praying and hoping for an opportunity or a job in the NFL. Obviously, he's talented. Obviously, he started this protest originally, but – the fact of the matter is now with other players stepping up and like continuing it and protesting it, Kaepernick is, I think, afraid to voice more of his opinion just based off of the fact that he's looking for a job and he's seeing bums like Kyle Orton potentially, Tim Tebow being considered for starting quarterback jobs in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they brought back Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is garbage in my eyes. He should have retired at least a couple of years ago. So I think that's why he's quiet at this point, waiting for an opportunity to get a job in the NFL, even if it's with like the Ravens or somebody like that. Yeah, I really thought that it was going to be the Ravens. I think we all sort of felt like that for a little while. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's definitely a complex situation and, and it's something that we'll probably continue to talk about uh, moving forward. So, uh, but, but we do need to move along. We went 41 minutes on Kaepernick. So um, <laughs> moving along, we're, we're, we're now going to talk about, uh, about Zeke. And, you know, I think it, it, it's, I don't know, six games. He's going to appeal. What do you think? Does that get knocked down to three with Elliot? I think it either, it's either going to stay at six or it's going to bump down to zero. I don't think there's any in-between ground of this. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see it, it just becoming two or three game suspension. Like if you're going to knock him for the domestic violence, then I, I think the NFL is going to try to make a stand for the 14,000th time against it, even though they have been very inconsistent of how they suspend people for, for this issue themselves. But I, I think they're going to try to make an example out of Zeke. So it's either staying at six or the, the judge realizes that this, um, this suspension or that, that there was totally wrong and they erased the whole thing. But I don't see it staying in the middle. 
Well, I mean, isn't the first appeal to the NFL and like, uh, and your boy, what's his name, Troy Vincent or whatever, like, isn't that? And then they go in and they state their case first, and then you know they make an offer and they say, and they say, okay, four games instead of six games. Isn't that that how it goes? I mean, it, it, it doesn't go to appellate court right away like Brady's did. Like they did yeah. have an opportunity. I think I think they even offered Brady. Is that right, Terenzi? They offered Brady two games or one game or something, and he, he just refused to, you know, accept any uh, yeah, it responsibility. Was two games. It was, yeah, it was half two games. But, yeah, correct. He didn't want to – he because he thought by giving up two games he was guilty, and then uh, he, right. he thought he'd be able to win it. But I, I don't know. With the Z case, it's, first off, he's not Tom Brady, and this is, like, multiple things that – even if there are little things that have happened over the course of his like short NFL career. And I, I don't, I agree with Keith. Like, I don't know if this is going to go. I feel like they're either going to cut it in half, like with a suspension or they're going to give him. I don't think it's going to be nothing. I just, it's going to be, it's going to be lessened. I think maybe to like two or three games, half of what he got. I just don't see it going the full six. That's a lot of games. Yeah, it is. It, it is a lot of games. And, you know, it just seems like there's no uniform, uh, you know, what they uh, – Josh Brown got one game, and Ray Rice got a ban, right? And and so now are, are we starting to – are we starting to characterize? Like, are we taking it on a case-by-case basis? Like, it should be put your, put, put your hand on a woman and you get this, right? Like, yeah. If we have proof that you well, hit the NFL somebody, does have that. The NFL does like in the new domestic, uh, the domestic violence bylaws or whatnot. It's six games, but the NFL themselves hasn't been consistent at all with it since they introduced this fucking policy. So that's why everybody's scratching their head with it because you can't have this policy and then stay inconsistent at an organizational level. And then, then with the Zeke thing, it's like, oh, we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it consistent here and, and give them six games. Does that make sense? I just yeah. – so it's actually in the NFL bylaws that it is a six-game suspension for domestic violence. Just the NFL hasn't been keeping keeping the consistent themselves with the suspensions and the handing out of that stuff. All right. So, and I can ask that, you know, as somebody that looks at the NFC East more closely and as do you, Keith, like – you know, I look at it like that line, it doesn't matter <laughs> that, you know, Ezekiel, it's not, and, and that will prove my point that – I'm not saying any running back and that he is a, you know, he's a good running back, but they're not going to have a problem. I don't think it totally affects the way that they play their game. I don't think, uh, I don't think he's as much of a star as people made him out to be because that line is just insane. So whoever's back there have some success. Uh, I don't think from a a football standpoint, it completely decimates the Cowboys like that. They don't go 0 and 6 because uh, uh, Zeke's not there. Certainly. Uh, but from an NFL standpoint, you're right. Like it now needs to be. But what? So what? It, what's the argument? I don't even really know. Like, what are people pissed about with Elliot? Like, did he not actually get arrested for this? But yet he's getting suspended. Is that true? Yeah, I think people are, are pissed off is because the. I think the testimonies didn't come under oath. That that the the accuser story is is uh, a little shaky that uh, she's on the record of blackma- blackmailing Ezekiel Elliott for this stuff. But, so I think that's why people are pissed. I, I mean, 
I, I, I think the suspension. No, go ahead, Keith. Sorry. No, no. I, I just think the suspension itself wasn't just the domestic violence. It's like all the stupid shit he has been doing for the last year since this incident has happened. I think the NFL is just trying to wake up Zeke at the end of the day. Right. Okay. Now that, that that was my question. Do you think that with there not being an arrest and this girl's story may being fabricated, Alex, do you think that the the scamping? So that that to me falls along the same lines as the as the Brady thing, right? Like. That's a, a similar impact. It's ridiculously stupid. I said that from the beginning. You know that I, I don't – no love for the Patriots, right? None at all. Mm-hmm. But you know mm-hmm. that in every argument that we've ever had, you know that I don't bring up cheating ever. I don't. Mm-hmm. And we've gone to bat on a million things, and I, I do not consider the Patriots to be cheaters. I just don't. And I think that – there are a lot of things. I think that they have a great system as opposed to a lot of great players. That's the stuff that we disagree on. But never considered because because the balls, because of the text messages, that uh, it, it, it took away from what that team has accomplished. So I'll say that, and I'll put that Ezekiel Elliott stamping, uh, stamping autographs is similar to Tom Brady deflating football. And so is that the bigger story here? Like, I feel like that should be the six-game suspension if they've never arrested the guy. What do you think about is it? Isn't that – because that's definitive. They have that. They know that he did that. And they, they, you know, authenticated a million different ways that he did this. I think that falls more in line. Like, the four-game suspension that Brady got, same thing. If they've got enough proof, then that's what you suspend them for, not a domestic violence charge of that. The NFL are not police. How do they get to investigate anything? Uh, criminal, you know what I mean? But but autographs, mm-hmm. I think that's what they have them on. Why didn't they suspend them to that? The, uh, oh, the autograph. I mean that. I mean, first off, you're talking you're talking about legitimately the guy Roger Goodell that's legitimately make made horrible decisions since he got into the league with anything. But I feel like this all goes back to the Ray Rice stuff, man. Like everything is ever since that violent situation and that issue with that and the way Goodell handled that, I feel like he's making a statement for himself with any domestic violence, like issue in the NFL, like going forward, like that you will not get a minor penalty. Like you will get the full penalty. And I feel like it's, that's why they're harping on this so much more than this situation with the autographs or anything like that. It's just because they're trying to make an example out of him. They, Goodell thought Ray Rice would have been the example. Now it's Ezekiel Elliott because he's considered the featured star or top running back in the NFL for supposedly America's football team, Jerry Jones, who thinks he's untouchable with his organization. So I, I, I feel like that's what's going on, and that's why it's being like, the number one thing with Ezekiel. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree. I mean, uh, Josh Brown was a, an, an embarrassment too, and you know, the Giants did the right thing. Um, and I'm not saying that because it's the Giants. The Giants did the right thing, right? The NFL laid out a one-game suspension on a repeated charge of domestic violence. They could have. Now, he was a way better kicker than Robbie Gold. I mean, they, they could have brought him in. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to help the season, he, you know, Gold missed some field goals early that were uh, detrimental to the Giants, and, and they could have brought Brown back and dealt with the media backlash for a few games. 
uh, but they didn't. And uh, that guy uh, is uh, is never coming back, right? Yeah. So he's done after what came out about him. So yeah. uh, I think it's I think it's foolish. I think uh, you're right. If there's any question, if they have enough evidence. But what what I don't like about this situation certainly is uh, the fact that they don't have any criminal charges. If there's any question about it, uh, so. All right, so we're just about wrapping up hour number one. We're uh, have 10 minutes left to go. Uh, we do have, um, you know, we have, we have a lot to cover. Um, Terenzi, are you in the bathroom? That's damn right I am. I got you on headphones listening to the talk radio. Well, I think we hear? just lost Kyle. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think we just lost Kyle. I don't know where he went. Yeah, you seriously in the bathroom doing this? We can hear all the water and the shit that that you're doing. No, I just turned it on right now. Oh, okay. I washed my hands. You're not taking a shit, are you? Oh no, I'm not doing that. I wouldn't do that. No, no, all I'm right. just washing my hands. I wouldn't all do right. that. Uh, you're fucking. You're killing me, Terenzi. You're killing me. But anyway, so we're we're still uh, waiting for. I don't know what the fuck happened to Kyle. He just uh, he just dropped and whatnot. So um, hopefully we'll get him back on here. But I, I guess hour one uh, done. We're getting into hour two here. Um, I guess me and you. Uh, I guess me and you. We'll just we'll get into the in the football talk right now. Um, just kind of just just frenzy. So as a Patriots fan. You know, what are you looking forward to? What are your predictions this year? Um, What are your feelings of the league? Are we all – is the NFL all just – should we just give up this year and give the Patriots the Lombardi trophy, or or do you think there's a team out there that can compete against you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the NFL, so anything could happen. I mean, yeah, on paper, Patriots look unstoppable, but, you know, injury plague, you know, can happen. Injuries can happen. Patriots can, people can get hurt. It changes the whole landscape of the NFL. But do I think the Patriots should be the favorite? Absolutely. Do I think that they might have a minor issue with defensive end, considering that their top draft pick tore his ACL, or one of their top picks? Um, he's out for the year. So now we'll see what Coney Ely can do for this team. He was once a pretty good DN for Carolina. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think the Patriots have a, a lot bum. of firepower. He's a bum. What? He's a bum. Ely's a bum. I'm not saying that. But, again, if Belichick puts him in a system where, like, he only has to resp- – he's only responsible for just, you know, setting the uh, – you know, getting pressure off the edge – then maybe he's got a shot. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but he's got to be like, you know, he's got to be decent in order to make things happen. But I don't know. I think the Patriots will go, you know, looking at their schedule, you got to see at least there's going to be maybe four games. That will be tough. I know, like, offhand, I think they play home against the Falcons at one point, which – this is going to be a tough game. They play home against Oakland, which they're a good team. 
They always go into Pittsburgh's tough and go into Denver. It's always been tough. So Denver, Denver, they're that, not even a player though this year. They got fucking Mitra in the football. I don't know about that. Don't you don't know. think I don't so? Know about that. Oh, welcome back, no. Kyle. By the way, I, yeah, it was no, that's all right. Sorry. While you were gone, we segued into football talk, and we had a we had a question that Terenzi was taking a shit while being on live radio. So um, now that you're caught up, welcome back to the program. And uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, greatly appreciate. It. Um, so, so I don't think, uh, listen, Denver's quarterback problems are not anything new. And, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, the miraculous way that, uh, he beat Pittsburgh, um, in, uh, Tebow beat Pittsburgh in, uh, in those playoffs. I mean, they've had quarterback problems since then. And so, uh, to, to, uh, definitively, uh, say that, that Denver's out that defense, if you have Von Miller on the, on the feet, on the field, uh, you can forget it, right? Like all bets are off. Like a, a healthy JJ Watt, it changes the the outcome of of some games. And uh, you bring up a, a valid point. I turns I think that game is week one, right? I think that Falcons game is week one. Uh, no, it's uh, it's like mid. It's just mid. It's mid year. The week one is Chiefs opener. Uh, okay. But the Falcons one is like mid year. The the Denver games like third quarter of the year, and then the Steelers game is towards the end of the year. So they're all broken so, up, but the most yeah. the most important games the Pats have are at home. I mean, all the big games. Well, I I contest uh, that's always been the case with the Patriots. They they have uh, some fr- and and here's the deal, CBS being the AFC, um, you know the AFC TV provider, and the fact that Bob Kraft put a CBS scene in uh, Patriots Place is not a coincidence, uh, and TV <laughs> has a lot to do with. TV has a lot to do with scheduling. It does. And uh, uh, of where, who gets games, what games where, and, um, you know, any big NFC game, any big, that those, those games get played at Gillette Stadium. Uh, football's still a business. And, you know, but, 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 but I digress. I don't want to get into my hate, uh, my disdain of the Patriots. I want to talk a little bit about what Alex just talked about. Um, you know, and, and the main thing being, I think we all know, right, like unless Tom Brady and Garoppolo go out, uh, and, and completely fall apart. The Patriots are walking into the Super Bowl in the, in the AFC. I, I just, and I hate to say that, it breaks my heart to say that. I, I, it, it, it makes me sick. But you can play coy. Patriots fans can fans can play coy all they want. This is a 15 and one team, right, Alex? I mean, truly, that's. I know that you're playing conservative uh, because you don't want to overshoot. But this is this is possibly a 16 and 0 team, but more likely a 15 and 1. They'll probably lose one weird game that they shouldn't lose at, at Miami, right? Like that's a losable game always uh, for for whatever reason. They could have a terrible team. The Pats could lose there. Um, but but right, I mean, you you the ball bounce unless the ball seriously bounces the other way. The Patriots are uh, uh, 14 and 2, 15 and 1. You got you got to be confident with those numbers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like with like I said, with Derek Rivers that that player going down, I you know that's a I think that's a hit. I think he was going to start, and I uh, you know I heard from Mike Reese and several reports that like Tony Ely was obviously you know not going to make the team. But due to that fact, I think that drops them at least to fourteen and two, fifteen and one range. I think they'll lose no more than like two games. I don't think three's an option unless injuries, but like if this team stays pretty consistent, pretty healthy, I think 14 and two is a definite 51 is very, very highly possible, but and I think they're all, too, yeah, 
but their offense is too potent. Like, looking around the league outside of, like, we're just talking AFC-wise, I mean, we, you guys haven't even talked about, like, the, the Bryant thing, which I think is, like, huge with that team because the fact that he hasn't been reinstated by Goodell yet after he served his year-long suspension, the guy's legitimately done everything, and he can't play. I just don't understand that. That, like, does – that boggles my mind, and that changes the whole landscape because if he can't play aside from Antonio, then they don't have a one-two punch. They're not going to be able to compete with the pass point-wise. And if Bell Bell's holding out right now, still hasn't signed a long-term deal, and if he's not in the backfield, that team has got no shot. You might as well just write them off now quickly. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. I mean, that's it now with Bell – um, you have the same team as last year, right? I mean, it, it, that that although he was missing what the first three of last year, so you know, maybe they maybe they pick up an extra game, and then maybe they pick up a little confidence, and that's a different team in the playoffs. I don't know, um, but you're right. I mean, uh, he he makes a huge difference on the other side of the ball. Um, he he makes the field probably you know if they're playing in a 40 yard field, which right now that's probably what they're doing, right? I mean. If, if you've got two receivers, you stretch the field to 60, 70 yards on offense that you have to cover, uh, they're a 40-yard team, and you can use 11 guys to cover 40 yards. Uh, and, and that's why you lose games, right? And from a football perspective, it all comes down to the yards that you need to protect. And that's why the Giants are so, were so effective with offense last year, uh, especially towards the end of the year, is because they were playing with a lot more yardage. Uh, guys that could c- carry the deep ball, guys that were fast after the catch. And uh, P- Pittsburgh's going to be in trouble if they don't have that secondary receiver to stretch that field out. Uh, mm-hmm. End of the story. For sure. For sure. For sure. So. But I yeah. like it. I mean, I, I'm, I, can't, uh, I can't argue with Terenzi too much on this. Like, it, it's not uh, – he's not far off, especially this, this time. Like, uh, uh, I think that people are overvaluing uh, Brandon Cooks a little bit. I think he's really fast, probably the fastest guy, one of the fastest guys in the league. But we've talked about it. He's got, you know, the reason why he's not in the same conversation with Beckham and uh, and, and Julio Jones and uh, and Antonio Brown is because his hands are not that great. And yeah. you know, if, he, if they develop that in, in, the, in the system over there, I think he could be really dangerous. He was still a top ten receiver, absolutely, maybe even top five. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can critique little things about the Patriots, but all in all, it's the best team in the AFC, probably the best team in football. Yeah. What do you think about, what do you think about the Giants this year, Kyle? Well, I mean, it's really hard not to be super excited, right? I mean, you bring back, um, you know, I, we were, had this conversation last night. We were at, like, a dinner party, and, uh, you know, I'm constantly surrounded by Patriots fans. You know this. And uh, I, listen, I... You ask me who a better quarterback is, Tom Brady or, or Eli Manning, you know I'll say Brady 10 times out of 10. I'm not uh, that kind of delusional Giants fan. Uh, and right now I'll say that the Patriots are the best team in football and the Giants are number two. And I believe that because they brought back most of their defense. Uh, and not only did they bring back their defense uh, and, and get better and stronger, they actually improved on offense by you know, uh, drafting Ingram at, at tight end and bringing in Brandon Marshall. So how, how do you – the offensive line has gotten better. Eric Flowers has trimmed out and is uh, uh, ready to protect. And 
you know, the schedule has bounced in, uh, uh, in, in our favor. So uh, for the first time in a long time, there are some tough games, but I think, and you might call me crazy. I think similar numbers. I think 13 and three. I mean, my, that's no. my son says 13 and three. No. 13 and three. I, was, I was taking a look at their schedule a little bit, man. I mean, my big thing with that team, and I've always had respect for the Giants, is when it comes down to the bread and butter, does Eli – Eli had it in those games. Does he have it to really go down there consistently and not make the dumb throw and not make the dumb play? I don't think he has it. And until he proves me wrong, I know it's years ago. We can't talk about the past, just like Brady. Can't talk about the past. We're in a new year now. Does he have it to throw it? I think Eli is the biggest question mark on that team. And the fact is, if you have the biggest question mark at the quarterback position in the NFL, your team is not going to win. And he is the biggest question mark. I I, I just don't understand. And, again, am I I saying that Eli Manning is the the answer? He's probably not even – he's not the best quarterback in the – the most experienced quarterback in the NFC East, but probably not the most talented, right? I, and I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. But when you're 14, 15 seasons in, okay, and you've got two Super Bowl rings and nine playoff appearances and a couple of 5,000-yard seasons, a, couple of, a few 4,000-yard seasons, you can say what you want. He throws some picks. He makes some mistakes. Every quarterback makes mistakes. And – uh, he's not uh, old by any – he's 36 right now. Um, yeah. And it, it, the, part of the problem for the last three or four years with the Giants has been the run game. Rashad Jennings has been a disaster. Finally, yeah, they, sure. have, they, they have a running back that can run north-south. And um, if he can Who's hold that? on to the ball – Perkins? He, he's Perkins, yeah. He, he, now, is he, is he Bell? I'm not saying he's Bell. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler. But I'm saying that he is absolutely a north-south runner, which has, it has been – he's a lot like Ahmad Bradshaw, right? So the last time that Eli Manning had a, a running back like Ahmad Bradshaw, he actually won a Super Bowl. So you have a north-south – you have weapons all over the field. Uh, Ingram looks like Jeremy Shockey. You've got three top-plate receivers. <laughs> you have an improved offensive lineman uh, uh, or, or an offensive line. I and, and again, a schedule that, and, and I'm not the only one. Listen, you look at Bleacher Report, look at USA Today. A lot of a lot of these uh, uh, major publications that, again, it's all talking heads. I understand that are making similar predictions. I think USA Today put the Giants at 14 and two in the second best team in football. And I'm not saying USA Today is the is the scripture, but I'm saying that I know that I'm not that far off. I'm saying 13 and three. I know that I'm not. So uh, this is a, a, a solid team in a not-so-solid di- di- division. Dallas, people are putting Dallas at the top of the NFC East. I think they're insane. We've had yeah, this conversation no. 50 times. It, it, no. They have Phil Prescott now, uh, maybe no Zeke. And, again, not, not, not a huge impact, but some impact. Uh, the Giants are for real, boys. They're going to be there. I, I say Giants-Patriots again in, in round three. You think, wow. you think the Giants I, – I, I do. I think the Giants are going to be a good team. I really do. Like, I can sit here and, like, confidently say that. It's just, like, you have a, you have a wide receiver, Odo Beckham, which is absolutely – guy's extremely talented, probably, if not number two wide receiver. You can probably say a case for him, tied with Antonio, for the best wide receiver in football. He's unbelievable. But 
he's a diva, the guy that doesn't get it still. Like, that's why I don't – that's why it pisses me off about these NFL players. Like, you play in the best league, probably one of the best sports organizations, like NFL, and you legitimately get a shot of your life. Not a lot of people make it to the league. And he's dominant, all right? He can go by anyone. He can make a catch by anyone. But he's a diva. And it's going to be a problem when it comes down to the playoffs. And that's why it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. The year you guys won the Super Bowl over us, you never had a diva wideout. You have a guy that stretches the field and gives you 12 to 14 touchdowns in the regular season. But I'm talking about in the playoffs. Is he going to complain on the sideline for not getting the ball when he gets double covered? I think he's going to. And that's what's going to cause you guys to fucking blow up. That's Listen, what my my hesitation is. Okay, so and and that's and that's fair, right? Randy Moss and I, you know, I always bring it up. Randy Moss in his first four or five seasons, you had the Randy Moss that came out and said, "I play when I want to." Didn't show up to practice. Was the most <laughs> talented guy, and he he's top two or three in the league. I think this now again, he's more concerned about Iggy Azalea and being out on the boats right now, and that's a problem. You're right. Now, if, if it was still Victor Cruz on the, other, on the other hash, I would agree and say, you know what, we're kind of in trouble. And I listen, I understand Brandon Marshall's value. Don't think that I think that he's, got, he, he's a six-time pro bowler, and that's what he's going to be, a six-time pro bowler for the rest of his career. He's not going to be a 14-touchdown, 1,500-yard guy. He's not. I understand that. But he's big. He's like Plaxico. You want to make comparisons to that old team? We got Ahmad Bradshaw and Paul Perkins, and we got Plaxico Burris in uh, Brandon Marshall. That's a big tall guy. That it, so what you're telling it, me is he going to end up shooting himself in the foot? No, I'm literally kidding. shooting himself in the foot. <laughs> Stop, in the foot. And, Stop and listen, it. He was a diva too. He was a diva too. He, he don't 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 uh, let him fool you. He was like big, scary looking dude, but he uh, he was he was as much of a diva as anybody. And and listen, the diva last year was your boy Victor. He was the one who was crying about not getting enough targets. And, and, and in the middle of the season, when it was most important for the Giants to win, listen, if you give Odell Beckham two inches in front of you, you're not catching him. He's gone. Oh, so 100%. You, he can yeah. catch, the, catch the ball in the middle of the field, and then it's over. And he stretched that Baltimore. Go back. Do me a favor today and go back and watch the highlights of that Baltimore Ravens game from last year where Beckham single-handedly won that football game. Uh, they kept going down. It was a yeah, slugfest. You're right. I but, agree. But then what's going to happen when he plays the Redskins and him and Josh Norman get into it for the third time in three years when they get into it again? And then it causes them, like, what if it's in a big-time situation where the, the the Giants are driving and it's a three-point game and they need to score to win the game and Beckham and Norman get into it. And then Beckham gets think- a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think that it, that is as much of a concern as being in a big game in a big situation and Brandon Cooks dropping a football. That's what I, I, I would scale the concerns at the same level. Seriously, I would. So, it, but the it's thing is, is like, Tom wouldn't go back to Brandon, though. Like, if Brandon, that's the way Tom Brady is. Like, if Tom Brady, like, Tom Brady's a one guy, like, he'll give you a shot, and if you can't, if you can't prove, he will not look in your direction. So I don't think it's the same equivalent to that because Brandon Cook's like, yeah, he might drop balls, but the guy still consistently in his three years in the league has caught 70 to 80 balls. And if he doesn't have great hands, and you're telling me a wide receiver in the league can catch 70 to 80 balls with not good hands, 
Imagine if his hands get better. You're adding right. another no, no, no. 10 to 20 catches a year. Like, Entirely I'm just saying Beckham's a problem. I'm that problem okay. saying is, like, I, I agree Beckham is the most talented player in the league, and I agree he makes he changes the game. But I feel like also he changes the game with his personality, and that's a not a good fit. Just like he, it's like he's been in the year league now what three four years. It's time to like wise up, man. You know you're a stud. You're you're almost the face of the league outside of a few players. Like you have to be the guy to lean on. It's not Eli anymore. It's it's Beckham. Get him the ball and get out of the way. Like it is. I agree. So you're right. Is that a concern? It's a concern for me too. But. You know, again, I think uh, – do you think Brandon Marshall with the, his experience – now you say uh, his uh, – Cook's hands are going to get better, I agree. You think bringing in a veteran like yeah. uh, a Brandon Marshall changes Beckham at all? I think it, he already said it. They worked out in the offseason together. That's an experienced player that's been to uh, – you know, he's been there. He's been to the Pro Bowl. He's, he, he's had yeah. the, glit, the, the glitz and the glory. And, and does he – uh, help him drill down a little bit and become a better receiver, understand uh, what's important on the field. I hope so. I don't know. It's not a, not a guarantee, but I certainly hope he does. And uh, But listen, it's exciting times anyway. To, to, we've gone you know, two or three seasons in the past to say, geez, it's not much great to talk about uh, with, with the Giants. And two years, they went four years without making the playoffs. They're on the uprise, and I'm excited about it. And, you know, Keith should be excited, too, about his quarterback. And, uh, you know, maybe the coaching situation is not great. And uh, you get right, or Ryan the front Matt. office it's, isn't great or, or owner Keith. isn't great. Let's get so, into the sorry. Eagles, Keith. What do you think? I like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, I, it's, I think our defense could be exceptional. Like, I think we could have a really good defense this year. Um I think we have one corner slot now that that's going to be up up for question. But I think you have a front seven that 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 can get after a quarterback. I think you got two really good safeties back there. Um, training for Darby, um, I, I think Darby is a, is a good corner that is going to be or, or um, that's going to have a lot of man on man opportunities that fit his style. And I think the only question is who's who's the who's the second corner in the defense. So my questions of the team are are mostly on the offensive side, and that's because we have fucking dickhead Doug Peterson and stupid ass advisors calling the plays. We have fucking uh, GM Howie Roseman that traded away um, Carson Wentz's only safety blanket. We have a fucking running back situation that I don't know what to expect for. You have a fucking fat ass blunt that. Anytime you get an expatriate, anytime you get it, I, I'm always concerned. Like, if Bill Belichick doesn't want you or you can't fit it into his schemes on offense or defense, I'm so concerned. So I'm not expecting much from Blunt. Uh, you have an aging Sproles, and then you have two other fucking unknowns at the running back position. So I don't know. In, in a year that uh, that I really wanted the Eagles to, I mean, at the end of the day, the the main goal and the only goal really of, of this team is to keep on developing Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz needs to take a step forward this year. Um, I, I'm about seventy five percent convinced that he will, but I, I'm a little bit. I, there are parts of his game that I'm a little bit skeptical of, and I, I'm nervous for. So, um, so and, and, doesn't. 
doesn't he sort of fit into that mold though? Like, like there are guys, and maybe you guys will agree with me on this, right? There are guys that come out in their first year and maybe don't have the, the winningest record, but it's like they're just anointed. Like they're just like you know they're going to be there, and you know they, they haven't even done that for Jameis Winston yet. Like Jameis Winston mm-hmm. question mark with him, right? But it seems like a guy like like Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. Uh, and, and that's like, you know, most recently those are the guys that I can think of that it was like four games in. Four games in. They were like, okay, this is the guy. And I feel yeah. like that, that that happened with Carson Wentz. I feel like uh, we've seen enough for him to, to know that he's going to be uh, there for a long time. And yeah. you, you don't feel confident about that? What do you think? What do you think, Karen? No, you think, like, I, I, that luck sort of thing? Wentz, I think, yeah. is – and I'm going to go on a limb and say this. I think he's the most talented quarterback out of at least the NFC East. I think he's, I think he's the prototypical guy. I think he's, but the thing that, that worries me about that is not his talent and not him being able to watch film or gain or get better year after year. It's the fact of the moves. They're putting no weapons around him, like Keith mentioned. I mean, you're signing – you signed Blount, and I, he did great for the Pats, was a good player, very productive. I think he's expired his time, and Belichick knew it. And that's why. So, I mean, I don't know what Blount's going to do. Maybe he's going to be good for short yard situations. I think the Jordan Matthews thing with that trade, I think that Jordan, I mean, was developing, like, you know, a very good relationship with Wentz. I read a report that Wentz was pissed that he got let go. Um, but mm-hmm. I understand why they let him go. And then with the, with bad luck, obviously, he got injured first practice with the, with the Bills. But, I mean, I legitimately think that this team, for him not to have weapons around him outside of Alshon, I mean, Alshon is good. Don't get me wrong. He's a – He's a productive wide receiver. I'm not taking anything away from him. He can make good plays. He also can drop a lot of balls. Uh, I I feel like if you're going to put one good weapon and then maybe an aging scroll, like Keith said, and Blount, I mean, outside of that, really, who do you have? And with the NFC East the way it is, you got the Giants with Beckham and Marshall and Ingram, and, and then you got the Redskins with, I mean, what, prior now, and then I'll, I'll beat up Josh Reed. I don't even know how they're going to do. And then you got uh, and then you got the Cowboys without Ezekiel, man, for, for the first six weeks. But, or, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look like great, but I feel like the Eagles might be a better coach team just because the Redskins, I feel like, I don't know what it is, man, but like, I just feel like the Redskins with Gruden, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I, 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 I mean, yeah. you got to, you know. I just hate the Eagles offense, too, a little bit. Like, so, quick story here. When I was in college, I sucked at Madden. And the only thing I could do is throw, like, the little three- or five-yard little drags across the field. I didn't know how to throw the ball downfield. That's the Eagles offense right now. We don't – we can't go down the field. You know, Doug Pearson draws up these stupid ass crosses, and it's a five yard throw. And like Kyle alluded to earlier in the show, it's it's about what you have to cover. And 
in last year's Eagles offense, you only had to cover 20 yards because our, our receivers couldn't get separation or there was no deep threat or you couldn't take the top off the defense. And at least before the trade, you had Jordan Matthews as a good slot guy so you can still wear – you can do those crosses and it could be a safety blanket for Wentz. And then you had Ashawn that could take it over the top and kind of works more deep route. And now you fucking eliminate Jordan Matthews and you trade him away. You don't have – look at We're putting – I think the first episode – I went on a rant against Nelson Aguilar. It was the first or second that I fucking hate Nelson Aguilar. And all of a sudden, this guy is catching balls in, like, shorts, and we think he can translate into a professional football game. And that's why we trained Jordan Matthews, is because we're putting all of our, our eggs into the Nelson Aguilar basket. Like, I fucking, I fucking hate this plan, because now our wide receivers are just we're – we're, it's a huge question mark now, where I, I thought it was at least solid – before the, the yeah. trade, and now it's like, I don't know what to fucking expect now. Like, I do we? I, I see this this team doing a lot more double tight situations and working working with Ertz and, and Trey Burton a lot with with um, two two tight end sets. But I mean, this offense, I I don't know what to expect from it. Like this, like the Eagles could be a six and ten team, or we could be a ten and six team, and we can be anything in between. I, I, I just, I, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I have you beaten the, I have you beaten the Giants at home. Um, if that's any uh, consolation to your offense, um, yeah. I think of the three or yeah, three losses that they have. I think that game is one of them. You know that we don't play well at, at uh, the vet. Um, yeah. Or Lincoln Financial, whatever the hell you call that shithole now. Um, it's not a yeah, shithole. Uh, you take that back. Uh, you... No, I will not. I will not. <laughs> uh, the only the only worst place is uh, is Pittsburgh, and I tell Chris wear that to his face. Yeah. Um, Fucking okay, Pittsburgh in general is a shithole. Yeah, agreed. Um, the Steel City where they don't make steel anymore. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> I think uh, so. What do you, what do you say, prediction wise? Uh, after seeing what you see, is it this an eight and eight team? Is this a nine and seven team? Is it a what is it? Uh, I, I, I'm leaning towards nine and seven. Um, okay. I, I think we're a fringe wild card team. Um, I think we also have the you know I I want to be a part of me also feels like this this team has a lot of similarities between like the 2000 Eagles. So, like, it was Andy Reid's second year. Donovan McNabb is coming off his rookie. You had a really solid defense with Jim Johnson. And the Eagles took this this huge leap, right? I think they were 3-13 and 13 that first year with Andy Reid. And then the second year, they went, like, 11-5. and five. So, I see, a lot of, I see a lot of parallels to that season. But, like, I've been burned so many times of being optimistic about this team that I, I'm refusing to do so. So... You know, so nine and seven is as optimistic as I'm going to allow myself to get with this Eagles team because I've been just heartbroken time and time and time and time again. So, you know, it's funny, though. It's really funny. And it was funny to see five and oh, right? The two teams, the the five and oh Philadelphia Eagles and the five and oh Minnesota Vikings, right? Last year, was there anything worse? I don't think there was. I don't think there was anything worse than, than 
five and zero Keith Pfeffer. Well, and maybe five, actually five and zero Dylan Krebsbach. Just for the record, was was far more humble than five and zero Keith Pfeffer. I'm just saying. You what? You remember? I was excited. Was I've been watching was... shitty football forever with this team. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come at me because I was actually hopeful and excited. You were man. Nothing you like were... a that's nothing. Nothing like a good Sunday with Blair with Blair Walsh to kick field goals to the uprights, you know. Uh, speaking that, of Blair I, Walsh, I, I, I fucking hate Blair Walsh. Did you see him point at fucking Zimmerman, like after he kicked a field goal? You know, so the Seahawks. I guess he's on the Seahawks now. They were playing the Vikings, and then like Blair Walsh made a field goal, which is your only fucking job. And he like points at Zimmerman for like, hey, fuck you. This is what you get for cutting me. They cut you because you suck, kid. You you miss like so many kicks. And then he fucking he points at Zimmerman for just doing his job. It absolutely annoys me to no end. Did you see, uh, you guys? What are your guys' thoughts about Aguayo getting uh, getting the, the cutter and then going to the Bears? Yeah, he's yeah. another. He, he sucks too. You're a fucking kicker. You make your fucking kicks. If you don't make your kicks, you get cut. I mean, it's not that hard. They don't do shit in practice. They're over They're over in the corner, like, fucking goofing off, not doing anything. Make the fucking kicks. Keep a job. Don't make your kicks. You're going to get cut. Right? And then he, gets, the ball. then he gets picked up by the Bears. The Bears are, like, the team that, like, picks up all the, the people that suck. You know? Yeah. He's going to miss a kick I, for the Bears, too. I can't imagine being a Bears fan. I would. I might kill myself. I would. I might. Um, what are the top five worst fan bases or miserable fan bases in the NFL right now? Yeah, yeah for sure. What are? What are? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, what are? I mean, I, I'm saying Bears, Browns, Jets, Jaguars, and I don't know okay, what my – Let's dig into that a little bit. Let's dig into that. Let's talk about how bad the – could the Jets go 0-16? I think they could. Uh, yeah. I mean, they are bad. They are bad. Let's just say that. They're bad. I mean, there's, I don't see anything redeeming. I looked at the roster, and I'm like, there's nothing redeeming. There's nothing good there. Who's um, getting in the car right gotta, now? Got to say this. I got to say this. Out of the teams, who do you think is going to make the biggest surprise splash in the in the NFL this year, ah. like improve improve wise. I mean, everybody's saying the Titans. Are we believing that train? Yeah. Did did uh, Bay did Tampa Bay make the playoffs, or they just missed it? No, they didn't make it. I think Tampa Bay um, makes the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Do, 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 do we see the Panthers rebound that, at all in that, that division? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're good, um, and I don't think they did that much to get good. Um, but biggest leap? I mean, I don't know. I, I think uh, there's a, this is a competitive, balanced league, and it takes time to build and develop. I don't think teams jump that significantly. We could talk about who will be that crazy Owen. I mean, five and O team that the the Vikings and the uh, Eagles were last year. Uh, I don't know that anybody's making gigantic leaps. I think, yeah, from the AFC, the Titans probably make the playoffs. And I think that uh, from the NFC, um, it's the it's Tampa Bay. Like, those are the teams that weren't there that will be there. 
Um, but uh, I don't know. Cleveland's still horrible. Jacksonville's not getting any. But Jacksonville was the big – remember going into last year how big the talk about Jacksonville oh, was? everybody was on their knees on Jacksonville. Yep, and they were just horrific. You know, they had those two wide receivers. They went way too high in the, in the draft, all that. Yeah. Yeah, Jacksonville sucks. I mean, Blake Bortles – did you did you see that clip of uh, Allen Robinson swearing at uh, Blake Bortles when he threw, overthrew him in practice, and then they got to the preseason game, and then Blake Bortles underthrew uh, Allen Robinson? Like he's Bortles is so in his own head that uh, he's shot. There's no way he starts week one. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean maybe, but I, I think I think it's a question mark at least. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about format. We're going to be, um, you know, ta- uh, as we move forward, you know, fantasy is going to – we're going to do a, a fantasy uh, draft or recap. Uh, we're going to be doing weekly pick-ems, uh, which is going to be really fun. And, um, you know, line spreads. I think we're going to do daily fantasy, too, for those, um, you know, for those, like, uh, DraftKings leagues. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously we can't do that today, but yeah. um, that's something that we're gonna uh, we're gonna do moving forward. So I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this show up at the nine thirty ninety minute mark. Uh, you know, we've got uh, got any final shout outs, Keith, for for this week? Uh, certainly, I know you're gonna plug your show, but uh, anything yeah. else? No. Um, you excited for Game of Thrones tonight, there, Kyle? Dude, super, super psyched. Um, it's about to go down, I, uh, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – and that's going to be a show that we're going to also do starring Caleb Cook uh, and myself and maybe a little bit of Pfeffer mixed in there. Uh, once Game of Thrones goes away, we're going to do a show that bridges the gap between the two shows where we're going to dig into mm-hmm. some characters, maybe some other comic book-related and nerd-type show, you know, show stuff. Uh, yeah. That'll probably be after Game of Thrones finishes. That'll be on the North, North, Nor'easter uh, sports station as well. So that'll be mm-hmm. fun. And, um, yeah, so that'll be that, – that's fun. And yeah, I'm super psyched for tonight. Also, the Defenders came out on um, this weekend on Netflix. So uh, we got Jessica Jones and uh, uh, Iron Fist and Daredevil and Luke Cage all on one team fighting against uh, – the Evil Hand, so I'm excited about that. That's eight episodes that I, I may actually knock that out today. Not much going on, so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what say you on the on, on final shout-outs? Terenzi, you still with us? Or are you, what are you doing? Yeah, still here. Still here, still here. Yeah. Got any final shout-outs? Uh, I mean, I'm excited as well for Game of Thrones. Also, don't, don't forget Ballers. Sign on for another oh, year. You would like that so, fucking show. You know, The Rock <laughs> is do, The Rock is doing his thing. Uh, yeah. The Rock twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um no, I'm just I'm excited for the I'm I'm excited for this year. This is this is gonna be a a good year all around. You know, football's always the best. But I I don't know. We'll see what happens. The Sox are the Sox are might be playing into deep October. It's looking like it, unless they fall apart. And uh, we might be having a good old Sox Dodgers showdown to see who takes that would it all. That would be kind of cool. And 
and a lot of my Mets are represented. You guys got my, uh, you got Addison Reed over there, and Granderson <laughs> just went to L.A. So I can, uh, I can buy into that. I mean, being a Mets fan how? is much like being a Philly sports fan. So um, I got, I got to <laughs> say, how, how, Devers, Devers is a stud. Kid is an absolute stud. I agree. Yes. All right. I think we. I guess I think we lost. Uh, we lost Terenzi. So. Yeah, um, okay. no, I'm gonna, you still there? Uh, okay, I think. Yeah. I think. I so think it's just, time to wrap this shit up. Um, yeah. What do you I think, agree. Kyle? Um, All right. Yeah. So. Can I do my I, plug I in? Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Get your plug in, then I'll get my plug in, then we'll go. Okay. Um, big cinnamons, hub day, beer discussion. I'm gonna be doing it every Wednesday. Uh, from here on out, so uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday, 10 p.m., uh, discussions of this week is going to be touching more on the kind of how we got the cult, uh, the sports media culture and, and kind of what's going on there. And we'll also be, uh, I think, circling back around here to Kaepernick. So this 10 p.m. Nor- here on Nor'easter Sportscast, uh, Big Cinnamons, Episode 3. I love it. So I'll be there for that as well. And uh, you know what my plug, you know, life, things change when you get older. And, uh, you know, not that I'm in my even 40s yet, but at 38 years old, um, you know, you get excited about uh, different things. And um, certainly so this week uh, for the Smithfield High School football team, it was sort of uh, final cuts and, and starters were, um, were named. So uh, young Kyle Anderson, Coach Kyle Anderson, Jr., uh, named starting cornerback for the varsity team. Uh, oh, so nice. Playing D-back for, nice. uh, yep, so we're, we're excited about that. And then uh, young upcomer and uh, uh, Goose's godson, uh, Nicholas Anderson, actually gets the nod, completely unexpected, gets the nod as the JV starting quarterback. So, oh, wow. Uh, that for me, right? I mean, and you know how big that is. And so when you've got uh, 200 kids that go out and, you know, the school of 1,500 boys, when it, when it drills down to, to that and your son is the quarterback, uh, it's a good feeling. It's exciting. So he worked hard for it. He's got a hell of an arm. So uh, congratulations to both of them. Kyle starting for varsity, Nick starting for JV. So that's my really, uh, exciting words for the day. So. Well, congratulations. Mr. Mr. Coach Anderson, uh, exciting stuff. It. Probably shot. I'm gonna try to get down to a football game one of these uh, this year. Get a get yeah, a get a, get on the bandwagon early. You know. You gotta you gotta because we could be going for for uh, two rings in three years with this team. We hope we got new coaching staff. Um, I may even throw my hat in the ring as freshman coach now that I'm working in, in based in Providence. So uh, it's a strong possibility. We'll see what happens. So, uh, and, and then, and then, and then, coach is coach. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the last thing I'll say, anybody that's listening, we are putting together a ten to twelve team uh, Nor'easter Sports Cast Fantasy Football Draft. Um, this is going to be a pay league. We're going to add some sponsor dollars on top of the pay league. I'm hoping. So maybe not too big fits between fifty and hundred dollar entry. Obviously, me, Terenzi, and Keith will be in it. The Goose, our baseball expert, will be in it. So uh, we'll look to fill the rest of those slots uh, with loyal listeners, uh, maybe some uh, uh, of our local football, star, football stars as well. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, fun fact, am still in a fantasy football league with Terry Francona from when I was at WEEI. So uh, that is a fun league. So he and Cheeto play fantasy football together. So. Uh, but I will say that it is not a pay league, 
okay? He doesn't get it, – it, it's, it's a fun-only league, just for, so everybody knows. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, that's it. So <laughs> enough shameless plugs for me, too. Uh, great week, nice relaunch, and uh, we'll look forward to coming back next week. And uh, that's all I got. We'll talk to all you right. Later. All right, later. Bye. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.